Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad you're joining us. We're starting a new series. I usually take a topic and talk about it for three, four, five, six weeks. And um, this topic, this series is Divine Direction. The reason I'm doing this series and occasionally do one of these is because of the questions I get asked as a pastor. The question I get asked more than any other question boils down to what does God want me to do? What is God's will for me? some form of that question. And it's a good question, you know, as far as education, where I should marry, etc., uh, etc., et where I should live. So, today's topic is simply decisions. I'm going to thank uh, Richard Allen for filling in for me last week. I miss being here. I always uh, don't miss too often. And I certainly enjoy being back. So, Decisions. I uh, came across a quote by another pastor, Andy Stanley. It says this, Direction, not intention, determines destinations. Most of you know, we went on vacation. We were in the Outer Banks. Uh, my wife puts it in her phone, the address, and as we go along, they tell us where to turn. We get directions to our destination. The series is called Divine Directions, Not Divine Destination." because we need directions to get to the intended destination. Uh, besides, the road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. So intentions aren't what we're seeking. Now, you and I make thousands of decisions every day. What are you going to wear? What are you going to do? What are you going to eat? Where are you going to go? All of you present here made a decision sometime and recently that you wanted to be here for our 11 o'clock service. Some of you decided that you were going to watch the 11 o'clock service at 11 o'clock. I actually watched it Sunday afternoon last week, okay? I made that decision to watch it. I was actually in another church at this time. So we make thousands of decisions all the time. And the decisions we make determine the life we live. Put it on your outline this way. Determine the stories that we will tell tomorrow. And I'll tell you a story from my past later on in, in this message. So, I believe all of us would think that decisions are important. Bad decisions lead to bad things. Good decisions lead to good decisions. Now, we're not always great decision makers, are we? Um, sometimes we choose poorly or badly, and we get bad results. In fact, I put on your outline this question, have you ever made a <laughs> permanent decision based on temporary emotion? Usually involved like buying something. Um, so we have regrets, don't we? Regrets that we bought something, spent money on something, we spent time on something, we spent time on some relationship maybe that wasn't worth our time. I don't know everyone personally very well, so you may be facing a big decision. All the young people left. I don't know if we have any seniors in the group, but when you're senior year, you start thinking, what am I going to do after I graduate? Some of you may be graduating from college. Some of you want to be changing jobs. Some of you are in a relationship. It's just the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Um, some of you are facing retirement, whatever it might be. Some of you had big decisions to make, right? So hopefully this series will help all of us. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, most of us, hopefully all of us, would want God's help in making those decisions. 
And even if you're not a Jesus follower, we're glad you're joining us. And you want to make good decisions. Everybody wants to make good decisions. It results in good outcomes. Now, I came across some interesting observations. Millennials, the 20 and 30-somethings, I guess they are now, really struggle with decision-making more than other generations. Now, the reasoning they gave for it was this. There's just too many options. Now, I graduated from high school a long time ago. Anyway, when I graduated from high school, it was basically, well, in high school, you had to decide, well, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to get a job after I get out. And so you made that decision. You, you finished high school. You either went off to college or you went and got a job, plumber, electrician, carpenter, school. Now, you got to go to school to be a school teacher. But anyway, uh, you might decide, I'm going to college. I'm going to be a school teacher, uh, a nurse, whatever it might be, right? So that was your decisions. Now, people graduating and have graduated recently, what am I going to do? There's just so many options. You can go to school. What school? I can do schooling from you, most colleges and seminaries. You can do from home now. Uh, get a job. I can work from home. I don't even have to drive to a job. So there's just so many emotions that the result is uh, a sense of almost... Uh, Par uh, paralyzing or, or frozen and, and just difficulty making emotions. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. Maybe my wife and I are just odd this way. But we have all these, uh, we can watch all these things on TV. You know, Hulu and Netflix and all these things, right? So usually it's on Sunday night because that's the only time my wife and I <laughs> have a lot of time together. She likes rom-coms. Ladies, rom-coms, right? Uh, romantic comedies. So we start looking on Hulu, or we start looking on Netflix for rom-com that we haven't seen. And we might pick, oh, that might be okay, start watching it 10 minutes later, and nah, you don't like that one. You know what happens sometimes? We don't get to watch any movie. There's too many options, right? Uh, that, you know, maybe there's something better, and, and, and the evening passes, and we don't watch anything. That's just in TV. Our whole lives are that way now. Just too many decisions. And of course, sometimes uh, we don't make any decision. I put it on the outline. Instead of making a wrong decision or a bad decision, we make no decision at all, which ultimately can be worse than making a good or bad decision. So I'm trying to make this series as practical as possible because we all deal with thousands of decisions all the time. I want to boil it down to two specific foundational things this week, and then we'll talk about other things in the coming weeks. So here's number one. When it comes to God's will, what does God care about? You ever think what God cares about? Here's the first one. God cares about who before do. And that question is, what does God want me to do? Right? Does he want me to go to school? He want me to get a job? Does he want to marry this person or marry, not marry her? Whatever. To do. Well, wait a minute. Let's back up. Let's get down to the foundation. God cares more about who we are than what we do. So, whether you're going to be a plumber or electrician, school teacher or nurse, God cares more about who you are as you do that job. Or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever it might be. God cares more about who you are than what you're doing. Because all of us have done different things in our lives, right? I think we have. I don't know if anybody's just done one thing their whole entire life. I've pastored most of my life, but I've pastored different places doing different 
groups of people, different churches. So God wants to do, cares about our do. So what is one thing God wants us to do? What is God's will for all of us, actually? And we talked about this in a past series recently. This is in Thessalonians, in God's Word. God's will is for you to do what? Be a plumber? Be a school teacher? No. It doesn't focus on the profession. It focuses on our character, right? And God's will for you and I is to be holy, set apart, different. Different not in a weird way, but in a good way. Besides, have anybody, any of us arrived at that? Has anybody holy got it checked off your list? No, my wife talked about being more like Jesus. It's a progress. Now, in one sense, we are holy. God's made us holy through Jesus so we can be in relationship with God. But here on earth, well, let's use the word perfect. Any of us perfect? No. So again, this series is about direction, not destination. So on your outline, God is more concerned then about what? With who we are becoming growth, progress, rather than what you're doing. In fact, it's interesting. I just began reading the New Testament. I read the Bible through every year and uh, since I was a teenager, actually. And um, about now you get to the New Testament if you start at the beginning. And so I'm just starting reading the beginning of the New Testament. And Jesus comes to these guys, a couple guys that are fishermen, actually four guys that are fishermen. And he says to what to them? I want you to leave your jobs and come follow me. And he comes across a tax collector, Matthew. He says, I want you to leave your job and follow me. So it's not about the job. It's about following Jesus. Okay. Scary question. Could be embarrassing to me. But those of you who know me anyway, how many would you say that, that you think God's will for me was to be a pastor? Raise your hand. Somebody's nodding or shaking their head now. <laughs> Most of you, okay. All right, so hopefully I got that right. Uh, <clears throat> but I want to suggest to you, more important than what I've done for the last over 40 years, is who I am, my character. For example, if I get up here and preach this wonderful message and then go home and yell at my wife, what does God see? What does God care about? I get up here and do this charismatic leader, which I'm not, but if I was, and then, you know, I stole money from the church, what would, what would God care about? So, on your outline, God's primary will for all of us is more about our character, whether you're Jesus follower or not, than about my job. So, be the best Jesus follower you can at your job, whether you're a school teacher, or whether you're a social worker, or whether you're retired, or whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever, whatever you are. It's interesting, Jesus, there's a group of people in the Bible, New Testament, that Jesus just kind of butted heads with. The fascinating thing, they were the most religious people in their day. In fact, their job was to be religious. They were called Pharisees. 
The problem was, what was their character like? I'm just, I have, I've only read, read about five chapters into the books of the New Testament. I'm reading a chronological Bible, so I'm reading all the Gospels together. And uh, they decided they want to kill Jesus. That was their decision. Religious people. Isn't that one, one of the top ten, you know, don't, don't kill people? So they had lack of care. Jesus called them hypocrites because they, they acted like they were spiritual on the outside, but they weren't on the inside. So whatever you're doing, whether you're, no matter who you're dating, in that dating relationship, be as much like Jesus as you can be. If that's your job, be as much as, like Jesus as you can be. If you're a mom, much, be as much like Jesus as you can be as a, 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 being a mom. Whatever it is, whatever you're doing in your, in your hobbies, be as much like Jesus as you can while you pursue that hobby. So Jesus is concerned about who you and I are right now. Are we a person of character and integrity or not? So, on your outline... If you're becoming the right who, if you're working on your character, if you're working on being more like Jesus, you're more likely to choose the right do. So I'm going to be a better pastor. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be better whatever it is when I'm working on my relationship with God than if I don't. So God's more concerned about who we are than what we're doing. The other foundational issue is this. When it comes to God's will, what does God care about? God cares more about the why before the what. Motives matter big time to God. Why we do things. We're really good at deceiving ourselves, aren't we? Those of you who are married, one, one advantage of being married is your wife, in my case wife, sees things in me I don't see in myself. I've given you illustrations before. I won't give you one more today. So we easily deceive ourselves. So look at something in God's Word. Bring up that scripture, please. This is out of Proverbs. You may think everything you do is right. See, I think I'm going along, I'm doing everything right, and all of a sudden my wife says, uh, <laughs> your tone wasn't very good when you just talked to me. Oh, I'm sorry. But more importantly, the Lord judges your motives. Someone said there's two reasons everybody does something. The reason we tell people we do it and the real reason we do something. Um, I used this illustration in the first service and somebody afterwards said, oh, pastor, you're such a great pastor. Uh, how do you feel about flattery? When somebody flatters you. My wife will tell you, I'm one of these skeptics. As soon as somebody starts flattering, what, what is your reaction? What do they want? What are they after? Right? That's my reaction. And often it is something. So motives matter. Um, in the Psalms, David, we believe David wrote this when he was wanting to get revenge on his enemies. Ever want to get revenge on your enemies? Uh, is that a good thing? Is that a spiritual thing? Um, so what's he pray? This is his prayer in Psalm 139. Yes. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my motives. Test me and, and know my anxious thoughts. 
We're so me-centered. And he said, oh, okay, you know, I want revenge <laughs> on my enemies, but that's me. Then point out anything in me that offends you. You ever pray that prayer? How do you and I recognize sin in our lives? That's one of the purpose of the Holy Spirit, right? You ever know somebody, probably not a believer, and they just can't kind of do, do anything and it doesn't bother them? We say they don't have much of a conscience. Well, as a, as a believer, we have the Holy Spirit kind of like this conscience that tells us, hey, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Or yeah, yeah, you, 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 you ought to be doing that. You get this uncomfortable feeling, right? He says, okay, Spirit, God, point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path or the direction, right? Along the direction of everlasting life. On your outline, I put this. It's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. So, ask yourselves, why do I want to fill in the blank? Why do I want to buy this new car? Is it because I want to show off how much money I have? Or is it because my old car just won't work anymore? Why do I want to buy this big TV? So I have a bigger TV than my neighbors or my siblings or whatever it might be. Why do I want to go here? Why do I want to do whatever? What is the motive? Is it to be more like Christ? Is it to be a representative of his? I'm going to look at a couple of things Paul wrote. <clears throat> He's writing to this church he started, and there's other preacher types that have come in and started preaching a different gospel. And he said, no, no, no. <laughs> if, they, if they preach any other gospel than the gospel I preach to you, I, I gave you the truth, but if they're giving you something else, it's not the truth. So, of course, you don't win friends and influence people <laughs> saying stuff like that. So in Galatians it says this, Paul says, he says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. It would have been easier for me to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can follow that teaching or that teaching. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. It's hard not to be a people pleaser, isn't it? We all want to be liked. Not character. Am I sacrificing character for people to like me? Another place, he's writing to another church, and he says this, church in Colossae. <clears throat> Let the message about Christ in all its richness. Jesus followers. Richness of God's word, right? His message. Let it fill your lives. Then he says, teach and counsel each other all the wisdom he gives. We're going to talk about wisdom in this series. We talk about being in a small group. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. That's what happens in a small group. And then corporate worship is singing praise and hymns and spiritual songs of God with thankful hearts. Are you thankful? Now here's a good question that I can ask. God what do you want? Because we're all about what we want, right? What we want to do and where we want to go and stuff we want to buy. The good question is, 
God, what do you want? Most of us probably have plans this afternoon. Did we ask God what he wants us to do this afternoon? And then he goes on, just one more verse. <clears throat> Whatever you do, okay? So it doesn't, you know, whether you're profession, retired, stay at home, uh, whatever. Whatever you do, or whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Represent him well. Giving thanks to God the Father. So again, am I representing Jesus well at my job? Whatever your job is. Am I representing Jesus well with my running buddies? Whatever hobby you have. Am I representing Jesus well when you're with family outings, like get-togethers? Are you representing Jesus well, parents, with your kids? Spouses, with your spouse? That's what Jesus cares about. So on your outline, when, when you and I serve Jesus, right here, right now, where we are, it helps us to get to the right there. Because the right there is taking the right steps now, right? We are following the directions to the, to the outer banks. Each step got us eventually to the outer banks, right? Same thing in life. Sometimes we look at successful people and they think, oh, they're just lucky. You know, they, they bought, you know, Amazon stock when it was, you know, cheap. Most success in all areas of life, not just financial, come the same way. You know what that is? It's through self-denial. Successful people denied themselves a lot of things. Financially successful people denied themselves a lot of things. People that are financially in debt and over their heads is because they couldn't deny themselves. They bought stuff they couldn't afford. Well, hopefully not stepping on anybody's toes. But all aspects of life. If you're married or in a relationship, I almost guarantee if that relationship is not going well, it's because you're not denying yourself. And if it is going well, you are denying yourself. So, summarizing. God's will is who before do, character before profession, whatever it might be, and why, motives, between, before what? I want you to think for a minute. Who is somebody that's had Im, Im, impacted your life, influenced your life? I'll tell you about a person in my life, part of my story, right? Goes back quite a ways. Um, uh, my last semester of seminary, um, my mom, I was still living at home, my mom moved from Glen Burnie to Middletown. She moved to Middletown because that's where May and Fred lived. And uh, she wanted to be close to family. She was going to move. She was going to move someplace where she had family. So, consequently, we moved to Middletown, so we changed churches, right? So we started attending uh, Myersville Baptist Church. pastor's name was Al Mullins. And uh, interesting thing about this guy, he pastored a successful church in Frederick. church is still there, south in and left that to start a church in an elementary school in, Middle, in Myersville. Um, commendable in, in itself, I think. I can't tell you one 
sermon this guy preached because it was a long time ago. But, all right, if you're a pastor trying to start a church and you got a seminary student in your congregation and you can think, hey, God's blessed me with this seminary student. Help, right? But not Al Mullen. He said, you know, I connected with churches in the area and there's this small church uh, actually in Washington County and I've been to Washington County once in my entire life up till then. He said, they could use your help. I said, okay. So in finished school in December and January, I went to visit this church. It's called Eccles Mill Baptist Church at the time. Little church, one room. Um, didn't have indoor plumbing, believe it or not. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and uh, some of you know my mother-in-law, Naomi. She was the pianist. Her father was the pastor. Probably... Uh, 73 or so at this time. And uh, there was a teenage girl there by the name of Debbie Jenkins. Anyway, I went there trying to serve God, right? And that's what I did. I think I taught Sunday school the first Sunday I showed up. Uh, began uh, the youth leader. And there wasn't a lot of youth, but there was a few. Small church. How did that decision change my life? That Debbie Jenkins is now Debbie Youngbar. My first church, uh, the second year, that church relocated and the pastor retired and that became my first church that I pastored. I wasn't looking for a wife. I wanted to be a pastor, but I didn't go there looking to be a pastor. Just went there to serve. The influence of one person on your life. Amazing. So again, instead of asking, what does God want me to do? Ask, who does God want me to be? We all go through seasons of life. You know, parent. Uh, you know, it kind of bugs my wife and I sometimes. When people say, oh, I, my kid's in the terrible twos. No, they're just in their twos. Enjoy the twos. And then you get to be, oh, my kids are teenagers. No, no, no. Enjoy your teenagers, right? And then the empty nest. Really enjoy the empty nest. Come on. <laughs> Four kids are all gone. So we're past. We're grandparent stage now, of course. Enjoy the grandparent stage. We've got to think about one of these days is going to be the last session. It's going to be the end. And since I'm older than my wife, I picture myself passing before her. May not happen. Who knows? And I'm thinking, what are we, I'm laying on my deathbed. What are we going to be talking about? Is it going to be about the do's or is it going to be about the who's? Did we follow Jesus best we could? Do we serve him as best as we could? Oh, yeah, we got the pastor here and pastor there and pastor there. I truly believe that's what we'll be talking about. So God's will for you is more about someone than about something. And you know, if you're Jesus follower, we, we've all got pretty similar callings. Jesus made it pretty clear. Most important thing is what? Love one another. Love each other just the way I loved you. You want to know what God's will for your life is? That's one thing I can tell you. For everyone. Uh, 
Seek not to be served, Jesus didn't, but to serve, I can tell you, God's will for all of you is to serve. That's just the beginning. Again, it's not about destination. It's about direction. It's not about the future. It's about now. Put on your outline. If you're becoming the right who right now, God will help you choose the right do. It's fascinating how that works. And if you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. What was Jesus' why? Why did Jesus do what he did? Why did he leave heaven? Why did he not come down off that cross? Because his do was whatever the Father wanted him to do. And so he left heaven. Can't imagine leaving heaven. We don't know what it's totally like. We can't imagine having to leave it. To come here and put up with us and then be treated cruelly and suffer and die. Be executed. Why? Well, to be a ransom for many. That was his why. So what did he do? He died on a cross. So see, it's not about us. It's about us conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, how do you feel about your life in relationship to that? Are you conforming? More like Jesus and my wife said this week than last week? So, next step. What does God want you to want? Did you ever ask yourself that question? We're always asking ourselves, what do I want? What do I want for lunch? What do I want for dinner? You know, I want to watch a rom-com. Whatever it might be, right? What does God want you to want? And if you ask that question seriously, there's going to be something you need to change. I'll guarantee you. It may be something you need to start. Again, it's a good time to start reading through the New Testament because it's pretty easy to read the New Testament in three months if you've not been serious about reading God's Word. Start that. Not in a small group, definitely. Time to start being a small group, doing life together. Maybe something you need to stop doing. We all got bad habits, don't we? There's bad habits and there's bad habits that affect our reflecting the image of Christ. That's one of them. That might be what you need to do. But focus on one. Because if you focus on a bunch, you, you and I won't do them, any of them. So ask God, what do you want me to want? And I pray you prayerfully ask that question and then do what he leads you to do. Let me pray with you. Uh, Father God, we thank you so, so much that you care about us enough to give us direction but mostly direction about who we are. Way more important than what we do. And our motives, our whys, instead of the what's. And I pray each person that's, that's hearing my voice or will hear it, will take this seriously. I'm going to ask, not what I want, God, what you want me to want. 
I believe it starts with a, a, a desire, a passion to be like Jesus. Whatever that looks like, wherever that takes us. Father God, speak to each, 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 each heart, each, each mind. Let your will be known. Very much, Son of Jesus, Father, we pray that just now would be the time that you realize you are separated from God, you're, you don't have his leading direction in your life, you've probably messed up your life enough already <laughs> that you need help. Just cry out to God. He will answer that prayer. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.